worship the God who is. We worship the God who ever
grace flowing from his side no greater sacrifice what he's done what he's done all the glory and the honor to the sun my sins are forgiven my future is heaven i praise god for what he's done sing for the freedom he has won his death is dead and his life has overcome speak speak the name above all names over every broken place he is risen from the My future is heaven. I praise God for what He's done. Now, on the throne of a majesty, the Father's will complete. He reigns in victory. the glory and the honor to the Son. My sins are forgiven. My future is heaven. I praise God for what He's done. What He's done. What He's done. All the glory so much for what you have done for us. God, we just pray that uh, this service today, God, we can just lift you up. We can worship you. We can honor you today. We pray for Brother Darrell as he delivers your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, Matthew chapter 4, 18 through 22, kind of a, it is a continuation of a message started last week, fish, fishing, so this is fishing too. Matthew 4, 18 through 22, Jesus calling four of his disciples to a new level of discipleship. Uh, 
If you have your announcements this morning, a hard copy on the back side is an outline of the message. And last week we got down, we finished the first two. So this morning we'll start where it says applications. We'll start at number three. Okay, from something to something. We'll get there in just a minute. So, okay, read the text with me, if you would. Matthew 4, 18 through 22. Jesus calling four of his disciples to a new level. Uh, And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me. And that's exactly what a disciple is, is a follower. Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they immediately left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. And he called them. And immediately they left the boat and their father, and they followed him. If you were... Uh, Here last week, we talked about, uh, we're not going to go through all that again, but the first application that's not on the screen, that's on your your hard copy, is this is a new level of discipleship. So, just real real quickly, we know that uh, Peter, Andrew, James, and John had actually been disciples of Jesus for about a year. They're not, nothing new. They'd already been a follower of his So what we're having here is a new level of discipleship. Here, they are no longer going to go back to their boats. They're not going to be fishers of fish anymore, but he's going to make them fishers of men. So this level of discipleship is where they completely leave their livelihood. In a sense, they, they leave their homes. They follow him, and they're with him almost all the time now. So where before they would be with Jesus, go back to their job, now they're with Jesus all all the time. So a new level of discipleship. So we'll catch up on the applications or on the outline. We'll go down to to number three, from something to something. Let me, give me just a second. Give me a second more. Notice, not every time, almost every time that God calls someone in Scripture, in the examples we have in the Bible, he's calling them from something to something, meaning almost every time there, are, there is an exception or two, as I thought through the stories. But almost every story that you're going to be able to think of where God is speaking to someone, they're already doing something. They're busy. I don't want to offend you, but God hardly ever calls lazy people. Why? Because they will be lazy. Okay? God's not into it. All right? When God, God created Adam and Eve... What do you do? Say, go in the garden and have, have a good time. Well, they did. He gave them something to do. Going to the garden and tend. Now, I could just go off on that, okay? I'm not into laziness, and it appears neither is God. He calls people who are busy. 
who are already at work. And that's what they were doing. Almost every instance, somebody's on the way to somewhere. Somebody's doing their job and God, God breaks in on their life. Breaks in on their established life. And, and calls them, talks to them, takes them from something to something. Okay? I think you get that. And so that leads us to application number four. So they had to choose. This is an example. And, of course, actually we're not, the message today is not really about Andrew, Peter, James, and John, is it? It's about us. This is an example from Scripture. That's why, scripture, that's why this story is here, to be an example to us. So, they had to choose. I'm going to stay on that thought, but I'm going to finish the sentence. Salvation is free. Discipleship, and that's what we're talking about here. The, the ministry of discipleship, being a follower of Jesus, costs us something. And that now that I read it up here, I, I think I would change the word something. And I, I like to warn people. And I, I want to try to be a salesman like Jesus is. Jesus is the worst salesman ever. He just tells you the worst. And he says, now, do you want to come? <laughs> and they said, yeah, we'll get into that. The word something Discipleship, discipleship, ministry costs us something. But that's not really the goal. I'm going to tell you that right now. That's not God's goal for you. For your discipleship, if you are a Christian and your discipleship with him, your followership with him, the goal is to not cost you something. The better word, the goal of Jesus is that it will cost you what? Everything. I'm telling you right now, that's what he's trying to do. That's why he just won't leave you alone. Because I, I haven't reached the everything yet. I'm not there yet. I haven't given everything. And so day by day and time by time, he, he comes to me again, and he comes to me again, and he talks to me about this. He presents himself to me again, and he, his goal is not to get some of me. He's already got that. When I became a Christian, he got some of me. But he's never left me alone. And because his goal for me is, is not to give him something, but to give him everything. And it's, it's not an ego trip that he's on. He knows that that's the very best life for me. That's why he says, and we'll get to other, other places where he says, if you would find your life, you must learn to lose your life. Or you'll never find it. Now, a lot of disciples, when they hear this, said, I don't get that. I don't understand that. And so they would leave. Jesus, being the terrible salesman that he is, would say some really hard things and people would leave because they're just not going to do that. So they had to choose. Salvation is free. But the ministry, the discipleship, being a follower, is going to cost you something. And eventually it's going to cost you everything. And every 
apostle, we're not going to get into that, but every apostle except for maybe John gave their life for Jesus, were killed for the cause of Christ. They can't see that far ahead. Okay, but I want to concentrate right here is, is where we, we stall out in our discipleship, the next level. So they had to choose right there. That's the problem. He's going to call you, talk to you from something to something. And so if he's going to lead you to something else, more, you're going to have to choose. Because you can't stay where you are and go with Jesus at the same time. And so, and I don't know, all of us in the room, he's going to call us to different things. None of us are exactly the same. It's going to be different for all of us. What I have to give up, what I have to surrender is not going to be what you do. But all of us will be called to do and, and to give up something to follow him. Right there's the problem. Because right here is where a lot of disciples, and as we go through the book of, book of Matthew, watch this, as we go through the book, Jesus will say things and, and, and do things, and disciples will leave. And no, okay, that's, that's too much. You're asking too much. You're doing too much. There's, one, there's a phrase, this, this comes to mind, on the last weeks of Jesus' life, the Bible says it like this. It says that his, his head, his mind, his face, his face was set toward Jerusalem. And he knew that he would be crucified there. But his face was set toward Jerusalem. This is what I want you to hear, though. The rest of that says, and his disciples looked at him in amazement. And on that last week and on that last day, there's only one disciple left at the foot of the cross, and that's John. Everybody else has left. Judas has betrayed him. Peter has denied him. This discipleship thing gets really tough at times. Because it's not, he's not asking for something. He's asking for everything. And as Jesus walks along, as Jesus goes through the ministry of Jesus, disciples just leave, leave. Some come, some want to, some leave. It's a choice. And the choice is that you're going to have to leave something else. And for you, I have no idea what that's going to mean. I thought about that. I've thought about this for years. Years. The question is, okay, I agree with you. Jesus is the worst salesman ever. He just presents things and says, uh, you know, birds, don't, birds have nests, but you're not going to have one. Foxes have dens, you're not going to have. If you, if you follow with me, he told his disciples at the time, you're not going to have a place to lay your head. Come on, let's go. <laughs> it's all right. Why? What we're mainly talking about this morning, I do want to get to a salvation point during the invitation. But what we're talking about this morning is discipleship, not necessarily just salvation. But this is, for, this is primarily for people who've already been saved. Me. And a lot of you. 
So it's discipleship. It's following Jesus after our salvation. Okay, salvation is free. We want that. But this discipleship costs us something. We're going to have to give something up. We're going to have to choose. Why would we do that? Because we're already Christians. You can't be more saved. There's a terrible analogy. I've got to find another one, but I haven't. It's like being pregnant. And I just hate it every time I start this one. But it's like being pregnant. You can't be more pregnant. You either are or you're not. Christian, being a Christian is kind of like that. Not kind of like that. It is like that. You, are, you either are or you're not. Okay, if you are, why even go down this discipleship road? Why do that? Why, when Jesus came to Peter and Andrew and James and John, and they're already disciples of Jesus, they already believe in him, and he said, now I want you to, I want you to leave everything and come and follow me. Immediately, they did that. Immediately. Why? I've asked my friends, pre preacher friends, we get together, and I talk to them about this and said, you know, why do any of us do it? I'm going to give you just a, a, an answer that when I, when I give it, it just almost sounds like it's way too simple. But there isn't another one. The answer is because I want to. Because I want to. Why would you want that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But I want to. I want to give up. I want to leave that. I want to separate myself from that. I want to choose Jesus over that. Why would you do that? Because I want to. It is as simple as that. Something that the Lord has said to me. Something that the Lord has done through me. Something that the Lord is doing in me. I, I, I want to. So when... Jesus came along the seashore. There is no way, as I picture this in, in my mind, there is no way that Peter and Andrew, James and John are in their boat working at fishing for fish. There is no way as Jesus comes along and they see him out of the, out of the corner of their eye, there is no way that they have not thought about this. And they're waiting for him to ask. Because they left immediately. You don't do that until you've thought about it. They've worked this over in their mind. They can't wait until he does ask. They can't wait until he does call. They're ready. They're on, they're on go. It's almost like they're expecting him to ask. And when he does, finally, finally, and they jump up and they leave their nets and the two boys leave their father and they leave their boats and they go with Jesus and they don't look back. Finally. Why do they do that? You know, I've, I've had to do this. So Peter goes home. We know he lives in Capernaum. We know he's got a house there. We know he's got a wife there. And he goes, he, I don't know that it was like this, but I like to imagine. And he walks in, he said, honey, I need to come up with a name for Peter's wife. He said, honey, I quit my job today. What are you going to do? 
I'm going to follow Jesus. How much does it pay? <laughs> Nothing. You quit your job, you're a small businessman, and probably fairly well-to-do, because he did own a boat, he did own a house. You quit your job, you gave all that up, and your, your brother quit the job with you. Why? Why would you do that? There's only one reason. I want to. I just want to. People don't understand that. That's okay, because he wasn't calling them. He's calling you. People around you don't understand that. That's all right. Jesus isn't calling them. Right now, the Holy Spirit's calling some people in the, in the pew, and it's all the different things. He hadn't, probably hadn't called you to quit your job, but he might. He hadn't, hadn't called you to leave every, everything yet, but you know he's working that way. But he's calling you, he's speaking to you about leaving, giving up something. I don't know what it is. To each of us is different. The only reason that you're ever going to do it is because you want to. That's what I want. The inverse of this, the other side of the coin, the way it works the other way, is the parable that Jesus tells of the shepherd who has 100 sheep and 99 are in the sheepfold, but there's one that's missing. And the shepherd leaves the 99 and goes after the one. This is the opposite side of that story. Why would he do that? That's insane. No shepherd should ever do that. That doesn't make any, make any sense. You don't, you don't leave 99 sheep to go after one. It's not good business sense. But the shepherd can't stand it because that sheep is his. And so he leaves the 99 going after that one. And the, sh the shepherd is not into business sense. He just knows that there's a lost sheep. You. Jesus left the 99 to find you. I hope you understand when I say this, and I'm going to include me. If, let's just say it's me. I'm not worth it. There's no reason that Jesus would leave 99 others to find me. I'm not worth it. But to Jesus, I am. And so are you. You see, other shepherds, when, sh when, when the shepherds go and drink, drink coffee... They talk about Jesus leaving the 99 to go after the one. All the shepherds agree. You don't do that. But Jesus did. And the inverse of that is back to where we are. Leaving everything for him. For him. Because he's called us. Because it's Jesus who called. Because it's Jesus who asked. You're only going to do it because you want to. The last application, people over projects. And that comes from Jesus explaining to them, now I'm going to make you fishers of men. So the calling is going to be about people over projects. I'll make it very plain to you. 
There were a lot of other fishermen there that day in other boats. Jesus didn't call them and ask them to leave. We kind of covered this last week. Jesus didn't ask them to leave their profession. So you can be a fisherman fishing for fish and still fish for men. There's so many different situations that the Lord's going to call you and speak to you about. He may not ever ask you to leave your career He might ask you to stay. Sometimes staying is harder than to leave. But whatever it is, wherever he calls you, however he deals with you, it's going to be people over projects. Jesus really doesn't care about so much about fish. He cares about people. So as the Holy Spirit speaks to you, draws you and and calls you, it might, I just want you to center it in on he's trying to get me to where I'm reaching and fishing for people, not projects. One of the best messages, hands down, I've ever heard was John Maxwell speaking to, speaking to as a speech, the National Booksellers Association. So it wasn't in church. So you can imagine how exciting it is to speak to the National Booksellers Association. So that's what he's, what he's d- doing. One of the best messages I've ever heard. So he's speaking to a group of people, a large group of people who sell books. The National Booksellers Association. He said, your work is not books. It's people. People write books. People bind books. People ship books. People stock books. People sell books. Your work is not books. Your work is people. Jesus may not ever ask you to leave your work. But so if he doesn't ask you to leave your work, but he's still speaking to you about your work. Your work is not, for me, it was building, building houses. See, when I built houses, it was for people. and I had to work with people and with supplies, people who brought, brought the supplies, and on and on and on. It wasn't houses. It was people. There are people all around you. People you work with, people you work for, people, there's people all around you. The calling is not going to be for the project. It's not about fishing. It's about fishing for men, for people. Okay? So just be sure that as you are praying and you're listening to the Holy Spirit, that it's you're allowing him to soften your heart and let you see, no, I I, I need you to move over here. I need you to change this. I need you to do this a little differently. You don't have to leave your house, but you might have to. But anyway, you don't, I just need you to leave that and change this. And because there's people around you that I'm trying to reach. Talking to a man Friday, he was talking about praying for someone else. And he mentioned who else. And I said, you know, there's a very good chance that you're the only one praying for that person. That happens all the time. 
there's a very good chance that you're the only one praying for that person. So it's allowing the Holy Spirit to lead you and, and make you. I want you to, Matt, if you don't mind, I'd like for you to put up uh, verse 19 on the screen. I want you to look at it. It'd be uh, five words. I'm going to shorten this because most of us in the room don't fish for a living. Look at two words. Jesus said, follow me. Follow me. And I know I concentrated on this last week, but I'm going to do this again. Follow me. Not anyone else. Not anything else. Follow me. Now, and the three words, four words, <laughs> I will make you. I will make you. This isn't, I will force you, it's I will create in you. I will help you become. I will make you. Follow me. And I will make you. A lot of the things that Jesus is going to ask us to do, we can't do. And I'm scared to do I'm scared to try because I know I can't do it. I'm scared to try because I've never done that before. Jesus said, follow me, not yourself, not what you think other people think. You follow me, and I will make you. I'll create in you. I'll form in you. I'll come into you. I'll make you. Follow me, and I will make you. We're getting ready for our prayer time. Let me do this. So usually, let me say a few words before, before the musicians come up. I want to. I want to. If you're this, here this morning and you're not a Christian, the only reason you would ever come to an altar and ask Jesus to be your savior is because you want to. You can't force that. No one can. Salvation has to be by choice. I want to. If you're here this morning and you're not a Christian yet and you want to be, I'm going to ask you to step out of your seat and come to an altar and say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I am. I've sinned. I've failed. I've come short of the glory of God. And I want you to save me. You mean that's... <laughs> I know those are just words. But they come from a heart. That's true. I want to. Jesus, I want you to save me this morning. If you are a Christian, which I, I, I believe most of you are, and the Holy Spirit's dealing with you about things. And he's been speaking to you about things. Doing things differently. Leaving this and going and trying that. Whatever that is. The only reason you're ever going to really do that is because you want to. Lord, I, I want to follow you. The Lord's been dealing with you about things. Lord, I, I want to follow you. I want to make these changes in my life. 
but I can't do it on my own. Lord, I, I want to do what you're asking me to do, but I, I can't do it. And I want you to think about those words. Jesus said, if you'll follow me, I will make you. I'll help you. I'll create in you. I'll form in you. I'll make you. But you're only going to do it if you want to. And the only people, and I'm, I mean this, and the only people I want to come this morning are people who want to. But you know, every week that's about it. About the only people who, who do come. They're coming because they, they want to. I want to come and pray. Some need to come and, and ask Jesus to save them. Some need to come and say, Jesus, I believe you've been dealing with me and I, I want to do what you've asked me to do. Musicians, if you'll come now, I'm going to ask the congregation to stand with us. I'm going to ask all of us, if we would, to bow our head, please. Listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, the voice of Jesus, as he speaks to us. Lord, I want to be saved. I want to be sure that I'm saved. I want, I, I want to be a Christian. Jesus, I want you to save me from my sin. Lord, I want to be a follower. I want to do what you're asking me to do. Lord Jesus, I want to make a difference. I want to make a difference in people's lives. I want to be a difference maker. I want you to be working through me to make a difference in people's lives. I don't want to be all about projects and plans. I want to be about making a difference in people's lives. I want my life to matter. I want to make a difference while I'm here. I want to do what you want me to do while I'm here. Time is so short. It's running out so quickly. Jesus, I want to make a difference. I want to be a follower. And I want you to make me. I want you to do something new in me. If you need to become a Christian this morning, set free of your, the shackles of your sin, I want you to come. If you want to be a, a disciple on a new level of discipleship this morning, I want you to come if you want to. While they play and sing, if you want to come and just pour your heart out before the Lord at these altars, we invite you to come. I 
Jesus. 